This is AA Beyond Belief, episode 130. I met Douglas at my home group, We Agnostics, and last summer, after a meeting, we were talking about recovery-related movies as topics for future podcasts, and he suggested The Way Out, a short film by Jim Greco. Douglas has been skateboarding his entire life, and Jim Greco is a professional skateboarder who made this film about his 11th and 12th year of sobriety. This sounded like an intriguing idea, so I asked Douglas if he would do the podcast with me. A few weeks later, we watched the film together and recorded the podcast you're about to hear. It's an interesting conversation, not only about the film, but about Douglas and his recovery, skateboarding culture, and learning to enjoy activities sober that in the past may have been opportunities for drinking. What is it that you like about that movie that we can talk about? For me, being someone that has skated for the last 20 years, seeing a professional skateboarder make a personal movie about their way out of addiction. He struggled with all sorts of alcohol and heroin and all sorts of other stuff. And just, just seeing what his life's like now, 12 years, not exactly free of addiction, but of what his life is like now in recovery. And for me, that was just inspiring and just kind of uh, something to kind of model off of. Uh, I want to say I watched it after I started getting sober but I was kind of a chronic relapser. So even in times that I was still out drinking, I could, I could knew that was always there and I could always go back and like watch that and still remind myself, you know what you want, you know, you want to like seek recovery again. How do you get there? And that it was just kind of a tool and constantly a, you know, a inspiration button. I knew where to right. go and, right. and click on it. So is is drinking and drugging part of the skateboarding culture? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, just kind of comes, I mean, it was part of the old surfer culture. It's just mm. it's kind of part of just let loose and you're hanging out. And it's kind of a young man's culture and, and drinking and drugging and sex right. and rock and roll. Right. Like just kind of all, all come with that. There are a handful in it that have never drank or touched a drug in their life uh (laughs) they're far and few between some have been able to you know kind of watch it happen to other people and know how to kind of like not go down that rabbit hole too bad and then some they they end up getting down it in some way shape or form and it's it's just real it's real popular for the cycle to be like go out and skate and accomplish something and then party and you party about what you accomplished and just party with your friends and go out and see shows, go see music, like pick up girls, like whatever. It just kind of comes with that, like, go, go, go. It's euphoria. Like, let's just keep keep the party going. Was Jim Greco one of the first sk- uh, professional skateboarders who came out publicly with his recovery? No. Um, I have no clue who would be the first Definitely one of the first that I've seen that's ever made a video like that. There's been guys and girls that have talked about it in interviews, 
there have definitely been a lot that have kind of lost their position as a professional because of it. Really? Oh, yeah. wonder why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you kind of stop showing up and you stop doing your job. Uh, I know that was kind of sarcastic. Is it because when they got clean, they couldn't skateboard? No, no, no. I mean, like, they lost their job while they were using like there's a lot of people that use and can still keep their position as a professional skateboarder but then there are some that have have climbed so far down to where you know they're basically not even skating anymore they're not doing they're not doing their job anymore and at the end of the day when you're when you're sponsored to skate gotcha job is to skate it's to you know promote these different companies and to show up for different things and See, I'm so ignorant of, of professional skateboarding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there are actually people that are making a living. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's someone right, that has yeah. been making a living through through sponsorships and a big part, especially in in his like coming up and till more recently, like the one of the biggest, the two biggest ways to make a living in skateboarding is filming video parts and competitions. And for a lot of skateboarding since the 90s and into the 2000s, video parts pretty much outweighed everything uh, because that's when sca- uh, street skateboarding became more of the, you know, it's just more of what everybody did. Uh, it became more popular. And there's a lot of people in skateboarding that they don't like to compete, and I'm one of them. Um, I'm not competitive with most people, and a lot of us are just kind of competitive with ourselves for right. the most part. And we just – a lot of us, like, have weird social anxieties. <laughs> so, like, being one person in front of all these people, then, hey, monkey, go do tricks. Right. Like, blah, that's that's yeah. just – a lot of us don't like that. So, just being able to – like, most of that film, from just what I can see – it's like a small group of people going out and filming and skating right. together. Uh, I personally like that in almost everything I do. I like to be by myself or I like to be in a small group. I, uh-huh. I can stand big crowds, but I don't, I don't always like it. And it can yeah. be just overstimulating and overwhelming. I like having, it's just, it feels more kind of intimate to be, like, you see that with him and his friend. I don't know that other guy's name, and I probably should, because I, I imagine he's a very influential pro skateboarder, and I'm bad about not knowing every pro skateboarder, because at the end of the day, I don't give a fuck. Right. <laughs> like, I'm not one of those people that I don't know all the actors in the right. world. I'm, I don't I'm pay, the same way. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't pay attention to... my wife to, does. She knows every single, the name of every single actor in and every that's, single movie. Yeah, that's, that's cool. <laughs> but if they did it, like, really stick out to me yet, right. and a keyword yet, yeah. I just, they didn't stick out, and I haven't right. bothered to, like, really get to know who they are and how they've influenced stuff. But you kind of see that between them and just how watching each other like battle through for tricks and just and just kind of spend the day together you Mm -hmm. can see the emotions on their face and just how they share that experience together it's it's a very intimate yeah thing and it's a very big part of what people talk about not exactly in those words but just hanging out with friends and sharing like the experience and it's not all about like the hardest trick you can do because a lot of it's more just being around the people you want to be around and doing things that you like to do and not necessarily like trying to measure that all the time. 
So you get to see that when with you them. skate. Do you, is it mostly on your own? It's a bit of both. Here lately, it's been a lot on my own. Uh-huh. And even and growing up, it was a lot on my own because I grew up in some different places that didn't have like a high concentration of other skaters or definitely not in my age group. So some of my best like time skating have been by myself. Uh, sometimes that's when I've learned like the most amount of stuff is when I've just been by myself. And sometimes it's, I mean, it's a very, it can be a very individual thing. And like, there've been times where being at like skate parks and people like are going there more to hang out, which is fine. And they're like wanting me to talk and stuff. And I'm like, no, today I came here to skate. Like, hi, but I'm, 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 I'm focused right now. It's like nothing against them, but like I get, I kind of get focused and I don't, when I sit down and stop for five minutes, I'm like pretty much done for the rest of the day. So it's like, go, 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 go. And then like, then if I finally sit down, I'm like, okay, like I'm done. So I just, I, I just, once that ball gets rolling, I try to like keep it going. So it took, it took a while until I was like, honestly, like 18 is when I found like I had, when I was younger, it would just be like one or two other people that I found that I could like really skate with and kind of had the more of a similar mentality about it and just like were as driven and passionate about it as me. But it wasn't until I was about 18 and I came to like Kansas City North versus kind of being in the more outstretched like royal areas of Kansas City that I found like a group of like five to eight guys that like regularly got together and went skating and like came to downtown Kansas City and like skated downtown and midtown and all that stuff. And to me, like that was all downtown until I met downtown people that were like, no, that's downtown that's midtown that's this that's briarcliff or that's this is whatever and like that to me i grew up like i grew up north of the river everything south of the river is downtown (laughs) that's just that's i don't know that's been my experience of how people kind of view it up there Uh and but once i got down here it it exposed me to really how tight-knit like the skate scene is here in Kansas really? City. Um, and I knew about Escapist Skateboarding because I've been shopping there since I was like seven. And they used to be up off of uh, Barry and North Oak. Okay. So I could get my parents to go there like twice a year, birthdays and like Christmas-ish time. I could, I could get them to take me to like Kansas City North and go there. And then they, you know, got a little bit more popular and started opening up shops in different places. And I don't remember what year it was, but they opened up one at uh southwest boulevard and broadway basically and so that kind of i remember of, that i mean i know that you remember when it yeah. kind of uh-huh. when it showed up yeah, yeah it used to be like a i want to say it was like a motorcycle shop uh-huh. and been one for like a long time yeah. and then finally it stopped being one and now it's a skate shop and kind of like art gallery type thing so then once they kind of like that became kind of their their center of everything and then it gave them space with kind of the space to the side of it to be an art gallery. It gave them a way. And with first Fridays that happen downtown, it gave them kind of this, this space to open up and share skateboarding with more people and, and the public and kind of invite people that maybe didn't know anything about skateboarding, but maybe know something about art or just like art or just like, Ooh, Hey, shiny. I'm going to walk in here. <laughs> and, and so it just kind of, 
it helped. It just helped more. And they've always been really great about bringing in outside companies that are like on, on skate tours and having demos. And they used to do that. They would have a lot of demos up at Pleasant Valley Park. I grew up going to that park and like I remember going to a couple of those. And then now that Penn Valley's here, which is at like 31st and Penn, it's like right next to uh, Penn Valley College. And now that that's there and it's more of kind of like a modern, modernized skate park. So Most actually, of them is it are actually there. a skate park that has all the concrete stuff yeah. where you can actually, yeah, it's, it's actually built for skate. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's explicitly built for like skateboarding and you could say BMX, but some uh-huh. skaters would argue that. And same <laughs> with like scooters or in line, but right. it's, it's a public park meant for extreme sports. Where's that at? Is that it's right there by Pin Valley? Do you know the the Indian that's at the yeah, Pin Valley Park? Yeah. It's it's there. There's like tennis courts. The Indians oh, like at the north part. Uh, there's the huge condo lofts. Yeah, I know. And exactly smacks like about. in the middle of it exactly is a skate park. About. Yeah, okay. when that skate park got lights, that condo building hated oh. them <laughs> and threw a big old fit and did not want them to have that. But yeah, it's it's like it's skate parks are. A mix of like these kind of obstacles that would basically be used for nothing else but skateboarding, and then like an adaption of what you would find in like common street areas or like plazas and like stair sets and handrails and like kind of almost art looking sculpture like things. And we look at it and go, I can skate that. Right. Like, that's no longer like something that I just walk up and down. That's not uh-huh. something that supports me to walk up right. and down. That's like this obstacle I can jump over or on or ride and whatever. And that's, and that's part of what like a lot of us love so much is just this ability to use things for not what they were meant for. Right. And, and that's where some of the creative process comes from. And, and that's, I don't know. And, and to me, that's like, that comes, that, that feels like the addiction for it. Like, like I can no longer look at like beer ads. I can no longer look at certain things and not think of my addiction. I can no longer look at a set of stairs and not think of skateboarding. Like it's just, it's changed my perception of the world around me. When you go to a skate park like that, what's the age range of the people that are skateboarding? Oh man, from three years old to older than you. Older than me, that's pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, there is a there's a YouTube video of I want to say the guy was in his seventies. Wow, and he was just learning. Oh my god, never been on a skateboard ever in his life. Was just learning to skate at like seventy. Oh wow, that's funny. Um, so it's yeah, a little bit. It's honestly, I mean, the core the core age is you know probably ten, eleven, twelve to low twenties. But then now we're, it's, it's becoming more common guys that grew up in the nineties. I mean, we're about to turn 30. So it's, that's, it's becoming an even bigger group of people that do, but like, yeah, the core of it. I mean, it's, it's kind of a, it's a brutal quote sport. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a brutal lifestyle. It, it kind of hurts and it's not for everybody. And, and some people eventually, you know, kind of hang up the board and move on to just different stuff. Um, and then some people like myself can just not 
imagine life without it. Right. <laughs> so, did do you think that Jim Greco's skateboarding suffered from his using, and did he get did it get better when he quit? I think it's a mix of both. I think there's a sense of, in a way, it could help it or it can help you. It can help you deal with how bad it hurts. Right. That was especially my. I was wondering about experience that. with it. Whether it be alcohol or drugs, yeah, I guess. it helped you kind of dull the pain of a really hard day of whether you just are worn out or like you slammed a lot and you ache or like you break shit, like and then potentially you're getting like prescriptions from hospital or you tear stuff, which I've done. Right, like, you get prescriptions from hospitals and you start kind of going down that avenue. Isn't that interesting that I'm um, drinking to dull the pain? Because that's pretty much what we all do anyway, mm-hmm. whether it be emotional pain emotional or, or physical. And a lot of people, and for myself and a lot of people that I've encountered in skateboarding, we come from kind of nasty backgrounds and not so great like family lives. So skateboarding was our escape. And that is for like a lot of people between just kind of like being in rough, bad neighborhoods and trying to get out of, like, gang life to just trying to get away from, like, abusive or just absent parents to just, you know, or they're just weird and they don't fit in to these other, like, social norm groups, but you can be weird and not fit in right. skateboarding and it's kind of... Kind of makes sense, too, because it's something you can do in the city and it's not that expensive, is it? You can just get a... It is, and it isn't... Yeah. Um, People like it is kind of expensive, but like as a kid, I I did BMX too, and a bike can cost so much as much as yeah, freaking motor like a motorcycle yeah. sometimes. Like, or I really like dirt bikes and four wheelers. I would have loved to be able to like race those. Mm-hmm. That that's mm-hmm. super intriguing to me. My family did not have that money, but I could get them to go spend like one hundred and fifty dollars on like a brand new setup. And then just try to make that last as long as possible. And then that's when it helps when you have like that other like kind of core group of friends because then like maybe they're a little better off and they could get something or what I was kind of talking about earlier with like I don't like focusing or snapping old boards because someone at the end of the day probably has a worse board or no board. And they could use they could use your old stuff. Like uh, I had lost my board, and my friend just had like all this old hardware in his closet, his old wheels and trucks and bearings and all this like stuff that he's been stacking up for the last like decade, literally like the last ten years worth of just old crap. And it wasn't great, but all I had to do was go get a board, and then voila, the rest of my setup was there. It wasn't great. But I could skate and I could, I could work with it. And like, I don't know, when you see, when you see some kids and what they're skating and then like what they can do on what they're skating, you you like, you almost want to give them like a brand new board and be like, I can see how passionate you are. Like here, like skate this and then just like watch things like develop from there. But it's just, I would say it's, it's cheaper than. It's cheaper than being, like, in elementary school and needing to be on, like, a private soccer team. Sure. Or, like, basketball team or something between gear and just what it costs to be in the classes and all that stuff, which there are now, like, kind of training programs to do. But at the end of the day, like, 
all you really need is you and a skateboard and your front driveway or sidewalk just a little patch of concrete you can your your garage floor where a lot of us have done learned a whole bunch of stuff because it's the one place in the middle of midwestern winter january that we can go and play around like you don't really have any space but it's it's just enough or like your basement it's just enough or carpet skateboarding it's it's just enough to like feed that bug inside you that like i want to do this and so i mean it's it's not cheap but it's kind of like with anything if it's what you want you have to kind of sacrifice other stuff like when i started skating i didn't want anything else like, I wasn't really asking for anything else. It was, no, I need another pair of skate shoes. No, I need, like, another deck. I need another this. Like, to progress the skating, it wasn't, I didn't, like, I didn't, all my cousins had all these, like, Legos and G.I. Joes and stuff. I didn't care. I mean, they were yeah. cool. I liked going to their houses and played with that stuff. But at the end of the day, like, no, my skateboard was, like, the one and only toy that I really, really, really wanted and needed. So you know how some people talk about like they have they they did something when they were drinking for example they were golfing and mm-hmm. they, and they they always they whenever they went they, when they golf they always drank or mm-hmm. if they ever went out to a game or so did you have that association I'm with glad you bring this up cuz it <laughs> it totally hit the last time I was in the hospital and and I talked about skateboarding being like an, a great coping tool and but it's for me it's it's a double edged sword because drinking and like weed and other drug use is heavily associated with it. And, and it's just around, around that culture. And most of the people I skated with, I, I smoked a lot of weed with and that was just, that was normal. So it was, it was kind of a, like this last time I got out of detox, it took me, I want to say it was almost a month. Till I actually went out and skated, wow. which since the last time I had skated before that in my using, I wasn't skating at all. So it had been like almost five months since I had really stepped on a board and like did anything. How'd that feel? Rusty, rusty. Um, there are some things I can do and it's like jumping back on a bike and I yeah. can like do these certain things, but it's still, you can, you can feel like the lack of control you used to have and like i'm just now getting getting it back i had a session the other night that i really tapped into that zone that it felt really good and i was like learning new things and i could just i could really feel that like it will never go away from my brain like i'll always know how to do these things like i know how to do it but to have my body be like trained for it and be in like conditioned to do it is a totally different story and that like argument between what I know I can do and what my body can do at that point in time is always like this weird kind of like thing. But it wasn't that difficult to get back to it sober. No, no, no if shit, it's and that's what it kind of goes back to. Like, do you think it hindered it in a way? It's if you can get past like my certain mind blocks, it's to me, it's easier. Um, and at the end of the day, like with the hindering or helping, like, what do you mean by the mind blocks? Is it like the the inhibitions of be the fear maybe of a certain? It can be the fear, like with the social anxiety type aspect of it. Like drinking or drugging can kind of help right. with that side of stuff. Um, or the, I mean, other someone has talked about like 
doing their artwork and they did their artwork fucked up, they right. felt like they were more creative right. when they were like that. Right. And while there's a creative aspect of skateboarding, so you're just, you're so used to doing it in this type of mindset that now coming into it from a sober stance, like you feel like you might not be able to, or just now you're in these places with people you used at or used with. And now like you're kind of different. So that might be like running around in your brain. But I, anymore, I think it's, like before if you were using it to kind of like dull the pain it it would do it but it wasn't helping heal you right at all right it was just honestly hurting you more and if you're sober and you start to use techniques to dull the pain without drugs like i started instead of taking a shower and having shower beers i started taking baths with epsom salt and so similar, but one that's like, ooh, a hot shower feels good, beer to help all the pain. <laughs> or I can take a nice hot bath with Epsom salt and actually like relax and yeah. heal my muscles and like drink water and yeah. not beer. So what's dehydrate myself or what's hydrate myself? Hmm, imagine which one's actually like <laughs> helping my body right, exactly. heal itself. Yeah. Which one will actually make me feel better in the long run? So that's, that's where I think if, if you're like being sober, you're not going out all day hurting yourself and then staying out all night hurting yourself some more. Whereas I go out and I kind of, and I potentially don't get hurt. There are a lot of sessions that I don't get hurt on. And then there are sessions that's all I do. Right. It's, it's just kind of, it, it comes well, with the territory. Well, you don't wear pads or helmet or anything like no, that. You learn to, you learn how, <laughs> you learned how to fall. Right. Yeah, I saw him do that, uh, Jim Greco in that film. Yeah, he did a lot. He did a few. He made a few falls. And he yeah, did, yeah, and that's definitely not showing all his falls. Yeah, like, yeah. and that's another thing of like the outside public and seeing when they do see skateboarding, they usually see it in this, and it even messes with skateboarders, like because we watch a video part, and most of a video part is going to be roughly ninety percent success, right? And you throw in a few falls in there because there's some shock value to it. <laughs> but if you saw all the like back footage to uh -huh. get each of those clips, like some of those, some of those takes are first try, first go, bam, you got it. And some of those are a hundred, 200 takes later. Wow. Some of those wow. are three days worth of going back and forth trying to like get that thing. That's amazing, you know. When I when you watch something like that, I I'm not thinking about what actually goes into goes making into that. making it. Yeah. yeah, and it's potentially on on what it shows you how it good is. it is. Yeah, yeah, and it's it makes it look easy, and that also just shows you know like how long they've been doing it yeah. to make themselves look that natural and honestly a very unnatural thing to yeah. be riding around on a piece of wood that right. is not natural right. at all yeah but some of these people can make it look like they're he just... is very graceful he was very graceful in that i can yeah. i can see the artistic value in, in it just the way that he moved and the way that he could just look at some object and figure out what he was going to do with it mm -hmm. and usually that's that's kind of what like inspires you like the object inspires you to do something different and it's just i mean yeah that's where the that's where the creative side comes from and i've always looked at it like dancing i look at it as a very i think you're dancing on a piece of wood that's kind of how i've always looked at it and i always wanted to dance and just 
was too scared to ever do that. <laughs> and I found this other thing. It was like, oh, this is a little bit more socially acceptable that I liked it. Love kind of an internal and chunky. And it just, it fed, it fed all these different needs for me. But yeah, it's such, touching kind of back on the, you think you're like better sober. I, I definitely think so. I mean, different people could argue this, but like, I remember even when I got high regularly, that there would be times where like, oh, I'm too high. Like I'm, I'm not able to skate like how I want to skate. And then there's sometimes like it's the right strain. And it's like, ooh, I'm just the <laughs> right high. This is great. And then like I would, I would get completely sober and I'd be skating and I'd be kind of going through that, that rusty period of like, fuck, it's been a little while since I've skated and like trying to get it back. And I'm conditioning myself again and kind of, what we call getting our skater legs, just kind of getting them back into shape. And once you do that, like it's, it's kind of fine. And then I started kind of dabbling with smoking again. And like, I would smoke and be like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I cannot. I don't know how I skated <laughs> like this. Like I can't do this. Like I could, I could roll around, but like, mm -hmm. I can't, I can't trust myself. Basically I can't. And I really need to have like confidence and trust in my ability. Cause if I need to like bail and get out of it, like I need every little like cat like reflex I right. have in me to try to get away from it, like, and not get hurt. And it just kind of anymore. And that's why like I also. I know a lot of dudes that do get pretty drunk when they skate. I always save getting drunk for after because I didn't like being, I, I didn't mind being, you know, that like just fine line a few in me and skating, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to lose any of those like reflexes that right. I, I desperately knew I needed to keep from. My big thing is basically anything and hit the ground, but my head. Right. That's, that's, the one thing that, like, I make sure does not hit the ground, and it still has, but not that many times. So I just, yeah, I would save my my heavy drinking for after, and or just and with my type of drinking, also I was a shut in drunk. So usually, like, when I was really getting into drinking, I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't skating. I was. Right. I just wasn't doing anything. I slept in my bed and slept for twenty hours. And the only time I got up was for a meal and to go get more. So for and that's that's another reason why, kind of leading back to the like, is it a being a double edged sword and does it trigger you wanting to drink? It does and it doesn't because of that. Like because I'm more of a shut in drunk. Not all of my skating is associated right. with it, but some of it is or a lot of it's more i don't feel like getting drunk while i'm skating but when i go home and i'm by myself again and i'm hurt and i'm sore that's when right. i start to like think hmm beer sounds real good or like some jim bean sounds real good um that makes sense but for me i've never i've never been that outrageous like big partier mm -hmm. that was never attractive to me um i'm kind of loud and obnoxious but competing with other loud and obnoxious right. people i guess i don't like it i don't know i've just normally like i've just not been super attracted to that i was kind of a solitary drinker it yeah. was kind of, i kind of odd though i would i would um start drinking i would drink in bars but i was pretty much by myself while you were there yes yeah yeah and that's when I have drank in bars. I've either been with like one friend that I really liked and we were there to like play pool or 
do whatever or yeah i was like i would happen to be drinking by myself or when i was driving a semi i started doing that a little bit more because that was the only place i really could drink right while i was out there was and and it was kind of fun to be in a different state different city and just sit at a bar and be like oh is this any different oh no (laughs) not not really like it it really was it but it was it was still kind of interesting to do so yeah it's just it's it's like it's it's all the same and it's not at all at the same time and and it just it kind of it just makes it where i can i can still go on trips with friends that use and and whatever but it's just i try to I've been on trips where there's enough people to have two cars and there's the smoking car and the non-smoking car. Yeah. Um, Are usually for skateboarding trips? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You literally like go drive to the other side of Kansas to go find really? like this one, <laughs> to go to this one skate park and skate there all day. Like we'll go, we'll take that three, three and a half, four hour trip out to Wichita yeah. and go skate Wichita. And then there's Derby Park and there's a couple others uh-huh. and like, and then you potentially like street skate and, yeah, that's you just you take many depending on how much time you have, right. you take many vacations. Like, and that's been my thing is like ever since a little kid, like uh-huh. I people talk about going on vacations. I can never not think about taking my skateboard on a vacation. Yeah, that's just that's sure. Like people are like, oh, I would I want to go see the sights. Going and seeing the sights for me is like you want this. A skateboard like, on the sights. Yeah, I want to skateboard <laughs> on the sights. Like. It's something that like is so pretty that I can skateboard, and uh, that could be the mountains. Like I've seen people with like desert mountains that like have skated on them, and they look like they look like they should be skated. They right. look like these waves that have just been cut out into the earth, and it's like, yeah, I want to play on that. That looks awesome. That's funny, and I don't know. That's just again, that's just where it's kind of warped my my perception, and just like that's that's part of vacation to me yeah. is, is doing something that I enjoy. Uh-huh. And, and like, that's what would, that's what would get me to the other side of the country or the other side of the world yeah. is, is the drive to want to skate something else, to yeah. see something else and to skate it. And then, and then with it comes like, like you see in the video, not all of them is like doing, trying to like accomplish these like hard tricks. Someone was just like him skating, like just skating down the road and like right. skating through. And, and you see a lot, they showcase in that a lot of hard LA life of like tent cities yeah. down the street and like these different things. And that's one of the greatest things about skating. And then when you go to other places in skating, you're going just fast enough to see a lot of stuff but just slow enough to really kind of like look around and see it and kind of mm-hmm. take it in a little bit more uh, i feel the same way with like riding a bike around like whether that be a road bike or a bmx bike or whatever you're you're going just fast enough to like get to the other right. side of the city but just yeah, you slow can enough to get really pretty well on a skateboard can't you you can like <laughs> half of the time i'm as fast as the buses wow like yeah. Just because they stop a lot. Sure. And I don't. Right. And definitely if it's more short distance, because how I skate is like a sprint uh-huh. more than like kind of a long thing. But, you know, the more you get your conditioning back and stuff, like there have been times where I've went to go donate plasma and blood and my heart rate's almost too low oh, where wow. they're freaking out. And they're like, wait, 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 are you athletic? I'm like, yeah, I skate every day. I like ride bikes and stuff. They're like, oh, okay, your heart rate's like 41. You're freaking wow. out. I was like, no, I'm just like 
I'm just okay. Like, I'm fine. I'm relaxed. And, like, I'm not worried about anything. And just my heart rate stays low. It doesn't have to work that hard. So, skateboarding is super, super physical and, like, physical throughout the entire body. And, and it just, it's, it's one hell of a cardio workout. Um, so if you want to lose some weight, go skate some. Trails. <laughs> I do need to lose some weight. I don't <laughs> and there's there's safe ways to skateboard. You yeah. can just you can just like skate some walking trails and. Well, you, you know it's funny. I've never, I've never falling, been an adrenaline junkie. Yeah. Um. I I do like um the the things I used to like to do were running and bike riding. It's you get some of that more of the not just the adrenaline but just the runner's high that yes, endorphin that. release. Yes, you get those endorphin release. You absolutely do. And that's absolutely. that's that comes from it. It doesn't have to be like I don't like that feeling of being on a roller coaster where you're like falling or you're you don't get that. F- <laughs> Well, okay, depending on what, if you're jumping down like big sets of stairs yeah. or you're like airing like out of stuff, would, like, you get Jim that falling. Greco ness. was jumping over the roof. I was, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That, that gives you that sense of falling. And I also just like the sense of like, I really like skating down really big hills and we call it bombing hills. And that you're like teeter tottering on this edge of making it or crashing. And that. That adrenaline of coming from, well, I almost just ate the ground, but I didn't. That, like, feeling of accomplishment and just kind of the adrenaline of, like, knowing, like, that would have really hurt, but I didn't have to go through it. So that you, like, feel, you just get overcome with adrenaline and endorphins and all this other stuff. So it just, that, that feels really good. But I've also used that to self-harm. I've been in like bad emotional states and instead of like cutting myself or something, I go find the biggest, fattest hill I can and push mad at it. And well, if I make it, I make it. If I don't, cool. Cause I get to like focus this, this like pain physically somewhere because I'm feeling all this other stuff. And I found some other people in like the skateboarding community that have like, dude, I know what you're talking about. And we've had like conversations about using it to self harm. And again, that just kind of comes back to where it's it can be. Is this, that a form of escape? The self harm is that is yeah. that almost like drugging and drinking? I think so. I think so because it gives you a way to it gives you a way to focus it on something like because mm-hmm. even even when you're drunk, you're kind of like I I never was able to really get right. rid of the <laughs> Unfortunately, pain. Sometimes you just kind of it just focuses the pain <laughs> yeah. in this different right way and right. it's still it's just focused not off of on whatever it's just focused on like my drunk pain now right and i think it just it helps you focus onto one thing or the other instead of what's like you're potentially running from and that's that's more more my experience and i haven't had a lot of like self-harm type no not not things that i would have considered self-harm at the time but now i realize like different actions i'm like oh yeah yeah that kind of that definitely was i'm very have a habit of self-sabotaging and stuff like that i think it's interesting that you um that on one hand skateboarding is very healthy it's something that you enjoy and i think it's important to have a passion in your life like that Mm -hmm. especially it's great that I mean, if we're if we're going to be clean and sober, we may as well enjoy our life, right? Yeah, you yeah. Know, Otherwise, why are we doing exactly, it? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But at the same time, you also recognize it's it so as part dark. of as part of your um, addiction. So it's like you 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 understand that you have to figure out a way to to do it in a healthy way. I guess, yeah, right? yeah, to balance the two. Yeah, have for balance, me, for balance. me, like, and to touch lightly 
on like what I think a, a drug is to me and from any research I've done, a drug is a mind altering substance. And to me, everything alters your mind. So there's, you can, everything and nothing can be like very healthy and very like self abuse all at the same time. And there's just finding that happy medium with it. Like, and, and it's definitely, it's way easier to like use drugs to like fall off the deep end. And, but like you can use a lot of other stuff to escape responsibilities and how you feel and all that stuff too, and still be harming yourself. It might not be as fast. Right. I mean, alcohol is really not that fast as heroin or Mm -hmm. other things, but it's still faster than like a lot of other methods to do that with. Um, So do you know any other skateboarders that are in recovery in Kansas city? Personally? Uh, yeah, yeah, actually Um, a handful. And then some that I didn't know that were that are older. And recently I was telling you about that um, over it article that Thrasher put out. They had had it physically in their magazine, and I picked up that magazine. Then later on, I was like looking at their website, and they had posted the same article onto like their website feed, onto their blog feed, or whatever you call that. And uh, so then I shared it on my Facebook. And from there, um, someone that I just more of an acquaintance in in skateboarding in the city that I know, you know, was like, "Oh, that was a really good article." Like. I've been clean for, I don't even remember how long or whatever, but just like, I'll never go back. I like, and just kind of shared a little bit of that. And I was like, oh, I, I mean, I didn't know him as a partier necessarily, but I didn't know he was explicitly sober either. It had been through the, like been in the program or through the program or whatever. And then I've had, I've had friends that I've kind of, I feel like the seed has been planted potentially in other places in their life. And then being close with me has planted a seed and they've come to me and just kind of asked me about, you know, what my experience has been and what, what I think and stuff like that. And like, I'm very open about it. I don't, I don't really care. I'm not ashamed by it at all. And I'm glad to like, if they have questions, I'm more than happy to, to like kind of know what my viewpoint is on it. And not none of them to this day are sober at this moment, but I know the seeds planted. Right. And I know they're, you know, kind of, I know they're looking at what they're doing and I know they're questioning, you know, where they're at with it. And fuck, like when one friend came to me, like it made me extremely happy and sad because I was like, damn it. Like I thought was really hoping you were like teetering on the edge that you could still be a normal mm-hmm. drinker. But now you're coming to me with like these certain things and I'm like, fuck, you're welcome to the group, bud. Yeah. Like <laughs> you're with us. You're one of us. Like <laughs> and that made me it made me extremely happy that he was opening up and expressing to me what he was feeling, but it made me extremely sad that He's now potentially an addict, right? And that will never really go away. Yeah. So it kind of had this mm, thing to it, and I'm oh, actually, yes. Uh, so I live at the Welcome House, and this is my second time being there. Um, the first time I went was in like March of this year of 2019, 
and I lasted a whole maybe 12 hours. Uh, got there in the afternoon. I left by like five o'clock in the morning the next day. Uh, that was for some, a lot of other different reasons. And I kind of freaked the fuck out <laughs> and I ran, which is totally my <laughs> MO is to run. Um, but when I first got there, this guy and I, we, we kind of recognized each other and he came up to me and he was like, yo, like you're, you're Douglas, right? And I was like, yeah, you're blah. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, what are you, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I, I work here. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, where have you been? Like, he was this guy that, like, very involved in, like, the skate scene in Kansas Mm. City. He was, like, I won't give too many details. I'm sure he wouldn't care, but I haven't talked to him about it, so I'm not going to. But, yeah, very, very well-known person. I hadn't seen him around in a long time. In a long time, meaning, like, a few years. I was just like, yo, what what happened to you? And he's like, well, I, I came here a few years back, and I stopped skating, and I've been clean, and, you know, I'm happier for it. And I was just blown away, like blown away that he was clean. Didn't realize he had had that big of a problem with it. I knew he definitely came from like a a group that are some pretty, I mean, really good skateboarders and very heavy partiers too. I just didn't know necessarily that was, you know, affecting. And from the outside, it didn't seem like it was affecting him badly, but we all know how good we are hiding stuff like that. And then it blew me away for the first time that like, getting rid of skateboarding in your life could have like this positive thing. Mm. And that, that yeah, fucked, he completely stopped. He completely that I know of, he does not wow. skate at all, which for some people that might be, that might be better. And I had, to, and that was the first time I had ever considered like, like skateboarding was my first love. And, like just, I, I, I really can't see myself not doing it. And I still kind of don't, but that started this kind of adventure I had of where I no longer needed it. I just kind of want it and I like it to be there, but it's not this like, it's not like I don't have like this withdrawal from not getting it. It's it's kind of, I have a little bit of a different relationship with it now. And that, that was really nice to see. And it was just really good to see him, you know, be clean and be successful and, be content and happy with what he was doing uh and now he's gotten a different job so he doesn't work at the welcome house anymore but it wasn't for anything it was just because he's moving on to a bigger better things that he wants to pursue it wasn't because he went back out or anything like that and that was again like so i came back and he was still working but then they were like oh he's leaving and i'm like wait what, what what happened and they're like, oh, no, no, it's okay. He's just, you know, he's going to do, like, do his thing. And I was like, oh, cool. Yes. Like, he's leaving. That's, that's a little sad. He's leaving. Like, I would like to be here and be able to talk to him a little more. But, like, cool. He's, he's found another job doing, doing what he wants to do. And the more, the more open I am about it, the more the, like, that type of stuff, like being able to post that on my Facebook and then people, like, comment on it. That's what made me, that's what made this one friend like kind of reach out to me. He had, he had seen me exp- like go through my last two years really close up, but that was the first time he like was reaching out and was like, Hey, what's your meetings like? And I know there's a few people in his life that potentially could like use AA and a help. And, uh, I didn't want to like single him out. So I was like, so who, who are you thinking about? And he was like, I'm thinking of me. Mm-hmm. I was like, bingo. I'm really glad. Like, you know, if you're, you can come to me and like, and stuff like that. And it was that article that, you know, kind of triggered it for yeah. him because he knew he could come to me, but it was, it's something about 
that was an article all of like this handful of skaters and he's a skater. So it's, and that's what helped me with like the whole Jim Greco thing. It's, and with other people in the skate industry that are now clean that are pro, we've been watching them since we were little kids and we've idolized them and looked up to them. Like they're, they're like, you know, there are pro athletes, mm-hmm. like there are role models or whatever. And in a lot of ways, they're not the best role right. models. <laughs> like yeah. some of the companies Jim Greco comes from, like if your mom like were to watch those skate videos, <laughs> they would be like, you are never skateboarding again. Like they would definitely yeah. not be into it. But if you've watched the full circle of mm-hmm. like, where they've come from, what they did, what they're doing, what they're now at. Like, yeah. you'd be like, I want you to watch this because, right. like, this is... Well, I'm glad that you suggested that because it's gotten me to think about... Uh, it's gotten me to learn a little bit about mm-hmm. something I knew nothing about. Yeah. Absolutely. It got me to know you better. Mm-hmm. It got me to appreciate um, just the art of skateboarding. Yeah. And I've always liked this topic of um, artist in recovery. Yeah. I've talked to like, um, well, a poet and a mu- uh, I haven't talked to a musician yet, but I've talked to a poet and a couple of comedians. Mm-hmm. Ooh, com- comedy would be really hard. Yeah. I feel like sober. Uh, Mark Marin ah. is a sober comedian. Um, he, he talks about that. I had a friend get me onto his book and he made a TV show and he has, a, he does a podcast too. Oh, really? Um, I should check that out. Yeah. He's, the comedy thing is really interesting to me. It's cause that that's quite an art too, and it's not easy. <laughs> no, I could. Yeah. I feel it, it seems really cool, and I like it, and I like to make people laugh. But man, yeah. I could not imagine. But there's quite a few sober comedians out there. Just yeah, that recovering. Yeah, yeah. I, um, he's the first one that comes to mind. I'm yeah. trying to. My think sponsor was losses. actually one. Really? Yeah, my old sponsor. He was cool. a comedian and. Yeah, still is. Yeah. He plays in places like South Dakota. <laughs> hey, everybody <laughs> needs to laugh. South Dakota. Everybody needs to laugh. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really cool to see to see artists in recovery and yeah. just how they how they tackle it and go about it and and I like to see them. I like I like this whole idea that, you know, you 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 you're in recovery. You can enjoy your life. You can do the, You can do things that you like to do. You can do yeah. them better. Yeah. You know, there's no reason that you you shouldn't pursue those things. No, like going like a lot of people feel like they can't go to shows anymore. They can't mm-hmm. go to concerts. And I mean, I haven't been to a whole lot of concerts in general, but people. And it's also not such a big trigger for me to have people drinking around no, me. It doesn't Sometimes me. it's annoying. It bothers me if they're like out of control drunk. Yeah. If they're just sitting around drinking a drink. It doesn't it's, bother it's me whatever. At all. I, I think nothing like, of it. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. feel like in my face, drunk. And then it's know. just, it's more offensive and yeah, annoying. And yeah. that would have been offensive and annoying to me when I was using yeah, 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 And I just would have been more right. prompt to like say something about it versus have boundaries and kind of yeah separate myself from it so i've i've still had you know a lot of enjoyment going to shows and just Mm -hmm. like still having a lot of fun with that yeah and and same with being around like other skateboarders and just i just don't go to the after party right like i'm there for the party at the skate park Mm -hmm. or the party like going through the streets or whatever but when it when it gets to the to the heavy smoke session afterwards or the drink session or whatever. Like I'm just, that's, that's when I take my leave and just, I just really have no business to be there anymore. I don't get any, 
I don't get anything from it, and I'm not really giving anything to it besides possibly being the guy with a bad attitude at the quarter going, look at them. Like, yeah. and, and like no one, I'm the buzzkill at that point. Like, so, and <laughs> yeah. they're kind of the buzzkill to me. So it's just, you know, I just rather, rather not be there. I, I think it's, I think it's unfortunate when people think they can't do things that they used to like to do just because they've tainted it with their drug use. Right. Um, and sometimes it just takes a while to get that back. Like mm-hmm. it took a while to kind of take skateboarding back for mm-hmm. me and to be able to like kind of change my relationship with it. But I think it's worth trying. Like if it, if it really does bring you, bring you enjoyment. I'll tell you something. I stopped when I drank and I'm glad I stopped it. And I'll never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to country music. Okay. <laughs> Fair, <laughs> fair enough. For whatever reason, um, probably because I grew up out in the country and everything, yeah, and, and Kansas, and so, and I'd go to these bars where you know they have a jukebox and they play country music, and so country music was like the background of my life when I was drinking, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but it was kind of fucking depressing music too. It, it, so. Some country music, yeah, definitely is. <laughs> now the stuff they do, they call country music now, is nothing like the stuff a lot that, of like pop now, country yeah. and stuff. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I, 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 I remember I. Like I, I when I hit bottom, my drink is like I didn't even listen to music for a while, but I definitely wouldn't listen to country music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's I remember filling out one of my first times in detox, filling out like a safety sheet or whatever, and it's like, what are some of your triggers? And I was like, certain music, certain music that I have associated with certain people, and like then with those people have these certain things attached to it. So yeah, that makes me super depressed. But I realized like I like other music better. <laughs> There you go. I'm glad it expanded your music. I love, I love all kinds of music. It's, yeah, it's fun. Too. It's fun switching it up. I can't just get into one genre. True. And that's what I like about skateboarding. I do kind of like bluegrass, I have to admit that. Do you? Hey, yeah. I think it's like a better version of country. It is. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I enjoyed this. Thank you very much. Me too. Thanks for having me over. That was this is a great idea. It was and fun. I, it was. Uh, I love your podcast. It's oh, thank it's you. What brought me to finding we agnostics and that's funny. I, yeah. I love it. It was so trippy. Like listening to your podcast, finding the group, then like coming into the group, uh-huh. and then the first time I heard you, I was like, oh, I that's the guy. That's him. <laughs> <laughs> that's him. So it's yeah. just, uh, I, I think love it's in the podcast. I think it's such an awesome thing, and I still run into people that don't know what a podcast is. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I'm like, well, it's it's you know, before I it's did talk this podcast, radio on the internet, I, I didn't know anything about them either. Before really? I started doing this one, I I was like, I think I was actually I actually did a podcast before I actually ever listened to one. Really? I was, yeah, I was in a podcast with. No, that's probably not true. I used to listen to some um, atheist podcast. Um, when I was going through that period when I was realizing I was an atheist, uh-huh. I'd listen to these all the time. There yeah. was quite a few of them. Yeah. 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 I, I love them. They're I so, do too. Yeah, they're just a great way to gain information and just news and just, just I don't know, just kind of get into touch with different yeah. different things. And, and they're funny because you have these little niches, you know? Yeah. So we have this little niche podcast that's like um, atheist in AA. Yeah. So AA is a niche, and then you have the other little even more niche than that. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. Anyway, thanks again. Appreciate it. And that's another episode of AA Beyond Belief. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you'd like to help out our site and podcast, there's a couple of things you can do. First of all, go over to iTunes and leave us a review, hopefully a favorable one. You can also help out financially with either a recurring or one-time contribution. 
You can do this by setting up small recurring donations at our Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com slash aabeyondbelief, or through PayPal at paypal.me slash aabeyondbelief. And you can always visit our site, aabeyondbelief.org, and click on the Donate button. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back again real soon with another episode of AA Beyond Belief, the podcast.